Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? Here we are, everybody. It's Thursday night. You know what that means? It's time to get driven, people. Totally Driven Radio. We are live on the air tonight. Well, I guess you can say we're Memorex on the air tonight. It's actually, we are uh, taped tonight, which means you won't get to hear, uh, you know, the goofy uh, talking and bantering back and forth between myself and Janetti, or uh, Janetti, myself, and our... um, our Hollywood news person, Kristen Burt. But you will get to hear some incredible interviews. Um, the reason we took uh, tonight off was because uh, it's my daughter's birthday. So I just wanted to say uh, happy 19th birthday to my daughter, Rita. It's pretty crazy. 19 years old. Wow. It, it still blows me away. It really does. I, you know, I, I say that and I just got to stop and think to myself, wow. All right, so. But the show must go on, you know what I mean? So I have, uh, I have a great show lined up for you tonight. i got three interviews. Um, and, it, you know, it just happened to work out that all three people I interviewed, three musical artists, are all based out of Canada. And um, I interviewed, uh, we, we've got all different types of music as well. We have a, kind of a EDM, electric rock, uh, with the band Moscow and New York. Uh, and our founder, Lester Gutierrez. Uh, also, our good time, long time friend, um, who's been on the show, uh, this might be like his fourth time, maybe even fifth time, uh, Mr. Ed Roman, and he's got a new single out, The Way She Goes, which, uh, you know, eh, I'm just going to call Ed's music happy music, because especially this song, and I, and I told him, like, listening to this interview, I, I listened to this song, to start my day to uh, before I tape the interview, and it just set the tone for the whole day. It just makes your day like happy when you hear his new single. So, uh, Ed Roman is back on the show tonight, and also too we have a new band, they're a rock, hard rock style band, and they're out of. Uh, I wonder if they know Ed. They're they're near Ed up in like uh, outside of Toronto. Uh, they're called Darker Still, and we talked to Tony and Patrick of that band, and we have their new single as well from their upcoming EP. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to the Great White North tonight, people. So bundle up, be ready, let's do this, let's kick off the show, let's go electric first. Let's start with uh, Moscow, New York, and uh, Les Guterres, and let's talk to them, and then we're going to play their new single, After It, and it's called Stars. Lester. Hi. Hi, Bay. Hey, how are you? Not too bad, how are you? Good. You all full after that Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what's up? Um, I'm in I'm in Canada, so our Thanksgiving was in October, actually. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Toronto. So if you're yeah. still full, that'd be pretty impressive. Yeah, it would. It would be very, very impressive. <laughs> how, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. You know what? I can't wait to dive into leftovers tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. And uh, how's the Black Black Friday craze going on there? You know what? Uh, me personally, I stay away from all that. And I do all my Christmas shopping online. Nice, nice. Yeah, a I'm lot of as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to be dealing with all them goofy, crazy people to save what maybe five extra dollars. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> cool. So, all right. So, um, like you said, you're you're from Canada, you're from Toronto, Canada. And the the first thing, like uh, I thought to myself, is like, how did you come up with the band name? It's Moscow, New York. How do I pronounce that? New York. Noir. 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 So how, like, how did you come up with that name? French for black. Um, uh, how, the reason why I came up with that was I wanted a name that could explain the sound of Moscow Noir, and Moscow Noir is like a little bit moodier, darker. It's like cooler in temperature, and. Um, I wanted a way that can describe that, like that moodiness in the name without being obvious. And um, I came, I was actually reading this design article that was about interior design taking place in Russia. Okay. And this wave of interior design was specifically designed for the night. So you could see, so at night is when the shadows would cast like line work and contours and the lighting would create this ambiance and this feel. So, the design was like at night is when it came to life and then you would see the beauty, but in the day you wouldn't. So mm. this whole wave of interior design was, was happening in Moscow and the article was called Moscow Noir. And I said to myself, Oh my God, it's perfect. It describes the music. And in order to get Moscow Noir, you kind of have to be in that state of mind to re- to really let the, like the, the moody and the darkness come in to really appreciate it. And, and that was it. That's wild. That's that's really wild. <laughs> now, the the weird thing that too, like, well, I guess it's not really weird, but like, I saw that you would, like you put together this the whole music and all that before you even had a band. So, did you have the name already picked out before you had the band, or was it something you came across and then brought to the band? Uh, no, no, I had it all before the band for sure. Wow. So I mean, this is <laughs> truly your whole project. I, I mean, you you built this from the ground up all yourself. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yes. Now, like with the music and all, um, you you had all the music already done. Did you have it all recorded as well, or before the band? Uh, or yes, I had it all recorded. I had my brother though was um he's always been the bass player uh, and and being my brother it was always easy to get him to like hop on a track and and replay a bass line for me so I would create the initial bass line and then he would I would call him over and then he would replay it um and then the rest of it I played myself and once this album, once this EP was ready is when I called in like I pretty much formed the latest version of the band because okay. before the EP, I had other songs that were like Moscow Noir, 
but um and i and i played a couple of shows in toronto i started started doing gigs and i formed a band but i had all the material already done so i settled it wasn't until the ep that after playing a couple of shows live i learned a couple of things when you play live and certain little things that help and that changed the dynamic when it becomes live that when this EP came about, I kind of brought in some of that, those things that I learned and put it into the EP. But yes, like it was all, I had it all finished before we, before we played with this band. So, so yeah. Wow. Now, was it hard? I guess it wasn't too hard then because I, I like you said, your brother uh, being the bass player, I mean, he's actually part of the band now. And I think it was your drummer who's a longtime friend of yours. Yeah, so my uh, his name's Steve, and he was I've known him for about eleven years, and um, he's always supported like any ideas that I had in the beginning. And he used to play in other bands, and I remember him telling me, he goes, "Listen, you got something here." He goes, "If once you really flesh out like what it is that you want to do, let me know, and I'll and I'll join." And so after a few years of like, you know, working on stuff and materials, and once I finally had stuff, he joined the band, and so. He's been a support, like supporter from the big, from the beginning. Wow. Um, yeah. So it all came together pretty easy then once it was time to finally put the band together. Yeah. Once I put the band, it was just finding a keyboardist and a lead guitarist that could play. Um, and I ended up finding two guys, which we, when we did our first gigs here, they were, um, they were amazing. They were awesome. And we all worked really well. The problem was it got snatched up by another band. And the other band offered them touring and all of that. So it was like, I couldn't compete with that. I was just, I was just starting. So they ended up leaving for them. And, um, it's, uh, probably I would say last, um, spring is when I was able to find a new keyboardist and a new, um, um, lead, lead guitarist. Wow. That's tough. That is tough. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So now when you, um, what was the final moment where like you said like, all right, let's, let's finally put a band together and let's, let's really make this thing real. Like, was there any moment that stood out or was that the plan all along as you were coming up with all this music? I think, uh, well, originally when I created, um, one of the first songs I created from Moscow was a song called Johnny Fantastic. And, um, I never, I never thought of playing live because I never really had a band and I played everything myself. So I really didn't think it would go anywhere live. I think that moment came was when um, that song was finished and I was playing it like I was playing it at some party and then the feedback that I was getting from people and they were saying, that everybody kept saying, I can't wait to hear this live. And I never really thought about that at that point. Wow. And when they said that, I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe okay, that, that takes a whole different level of, of, um, I was like commitment to, to the music. Cause I never, I just right. thought about it from a production level. Right. And I would say that was the moment after I got, I started hearing a lot of people saying, this would be awesome live. When are you going to do something live? When are you going to play this live? Or when you, and then I was like, okay, maybe I should, should take it that way. And then that's, that kind of changed my mind thing, my mind frame. That's wild because I, I know myself, like I, I played in a band uh, years ago, and uh, we, we actually played together for like 
15, 16 years. But whenever we were oh, working wow. on music or new music, I was always saying to myself, like, I can't wait to play this live. I can't wait to play a live. I can't wait to see, like, people's feedback. And, and you sounds like you, like you really weren't even thinking that route at all. Yeah, no, it wasn't at all. I was actually, it's funny because I never really, I never really considered myself um, like an amazing guitarist or an amazing vocalist. And I kind of, I just, when I was creating it, I wasn't, I wasn't creating it with it. I don't know, even having the capacity to be played live. I was just thinking of creating something that was interesting and a little bit different and, a little, and kind of like a more of a personal taste. Cause I was putting in, sounds that I personally loved and genres right. that I personally loved. So I was like doing my own little Frankenstein so that I could listen to on my own. And it wasn't until I started getting really good feedback from people that were listening to it and sharing it. And that's when it kind of, it kind of was like, okay, well maybe, okay, well maybe this could be something. And that's, that's, I think that's how it pretty much progressed. Wow. Now how about like, um, like you were just saying, like the style of music, like, is there a, a scene in Canada for that style of music? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet, which is, why, which is why it's been a little bit difficult. When I, when I originally started making music, I actually wanted to make it with, uh, with like a full band. Like I, I, I remember presenting the ideas to a couple of bands here in Toronto and I had the same reactions with everybody. They didn't, they didn't get it. And I think it was the fact that I had, I didn't have any like real songs completely fleshed out. I had just these ideas and I was hoping to right. build it with a band. But nobody they they couldn't get it. There was either I either had people who were electronic or people that were rock. And then getting people in the rock scene to kind of understand electronic was it was hard and then vice versa. So I I ended up saying, Okay, then I guess I'm just gonna have to do it myself and that's that's what I ended up um I mean, to do pretty much, but yeah, the scene here is like there. It's uh, I, I don't think I've seen uh, or heard bands like, like uh, in this kind of scene years, but I'm hopefully it will it will develop to having more more experimental rock bands. Well, it sounds like you're gonna have to like start that scene yourself and put that on your shoulders and carry it through Canada now. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would I would be more than happy to. <laughs> now have you guys done touring through Canada at all or come over to the States at all uh, we haven't played in the States yet but we've played um, we played in a bunch of clubs here in Toronto and Canada and outside of, and outside of Toronto um, but um, aside from that I think um, the goal is to start playing in the US in the new year but uh, as, as of right now we've, it's only been it's only, we've only played here in, in, in Ontario Cool. Now, the music itself, um, you, you mentioned earlier, like, the way you were describing, like, uh, that article about the um, interior design as dark and moody, and I don't, when I was listening to it, I didn't get that feeling at all. I, I just felt it was very, like, a very uh, relaxing and just a very chill mood kind of music. Oh, that's interesting. Um yeah, I mean, I, well, I think some a song like Night Rider, I think it's uh Night Rider for me is one of the most uh, relax like chill songs I think on the EP. Um I think when you listen to like the intro and like um 
it has that sort of like kind of like portal spatial and like the notes mm-hmm. the undertone notes are always are always a little bit like um i don't know moodier to me to me that's to me that's uh, that's what I've been, I don't know, even other people that I've played it to, they always find that it's a little bit more more moodier than, than most um, that they usually hear. So I, I, to me, it's, it's definitely, I find, I find it's more of the moodier side or, or the darker side to some of the, the thoughts that I have in my head. Um, I think it's like the base, the base for it, for Moscow Noir. But it's interesting that you find that you hear it completely different. I think that's that's yeah, that's really fascinating, actually. Like I mean, like I was just picturing like literally like a dark club and just like or a dark room and almost like laser lights and stuff like that. Like just like chilling out and relaxing and just <laughs> you know, what I, mean? awesome. like, I was I was not getting like nothing dark or moody from it at all. But hey, you know, hey, I'm a little goofy. Who knows? <laughs> that's awesome though that's great so um now do you think like the sound you guys have do you think this is kind of like the future of music because that's what I was like I mean you have you can hear like the 80s influence in there but it's also mm-hmm. kind of like you said like spacey and like and all I picture is like is this the future of music is this where it's going that more electronic sounding I think um, I think it's definitely one aspect of music that uh, I can see definitely being um, being another aspect of rock, like a like an, another evolved uh, facet of rock music and electronic music. Because the thing is, when I one of the, like the main influ- like influences was when I used to go like years ago to like these electronic festivals, and I'm talking about like 11, 12 years ago. And I would hear sounds like trance music or I would hear, um, you know, like experimental, like electronic music. And the at these festivals, even now with EDM, like the festivals are huge and the sounds can be so big when it comes to electronic music that I find that they've kind of overpowered the power of like a guitar. Because if we look back and look right. back like 12 years ago, the power of the guitar and it was bands playing, using the guitar in so many different ways to create these sounds. Now it's overpowered by synths and and drops and all these other things that has kind of drowned out the guitar, I find. But I find that that whole festival vibe that, let's say, electronic music can give, if you combine that with rock, you can have you can have both elements. Like you can have a rock song that can be journey-esque, like an electronic song, but still have words and still have an, still have a narrative to it. Um, just like any rock song, but you can give it like that whole, um, that big expansive feel and that big sound to it. So I definitely think that uh, rock can evolve and electronic music can evolve to to be together so that it could be, um, there could be a harmony between them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's weird too because like, you mentioned like the the festivals and all, and I see like a lot of people now like through social media that, that are into those that uh, you know that scene and the, the festivals and all, and I see like the pictures they put up from them, and they're enormous, and I'm just like wow, it's like a it's kind of like a whole underground movement that's going on that I mean it's starting to come to the forefront now. 
Yeah. Oh, completely, completely. And you have these big festivals now where they have uh, one stage is like rock bands, another stage is like DJs, and it's like it's it, it's it's really really big now. It's huge. Wow. Very very cool. So all right, so you uh, the, the EP is out, which actually came out a few months ago. Um, do you have new music you're already working on, or are you just going to let this ride out for a little bit, do some touring around, get the word out there about this? Um, I think um, the EP, I would say, is is sort of like the appetizer to to what um, what Moscow is about. I've been I've already been working on the full length album, and I think that will be ready probably by the end of February. Um, wow. But I think definitely like the the EP is just kind of like uh it's just kind of like a sampler of what of what we have. I, I wanted it to be um my my whole goal is for it to be this experience where the intro is connected to the next album. So it's like the in the EP is like the beginning of the journey and this in the in the EP the first song is called Odysseia, which means the Odyssey in Spanish. And it's kinda of like the beginning to the Moscow Noir Odyssey is the EP and then now this full length album is where I think I'm going to, you're going to really hear um, like a, like a full rendition a fleshed out rendition of what Moscow Noir is. Um, so yes, I've been working on that and that should be ready. I would say in around late February. And in the meantime, we have, um, we're filming uh, one of the a live, a live recording of us playing one of the songs in the studio and uh on in Jan yeah, yeah. And then in January we're releasing the music video to to the intro of the EP Odyssea and it's been um it's gonna be all animation, all animated. And it's something that we've been working on for like the last last I would say the last four or five months on it, on and off. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so this so it's 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 a little bit busy but um that's pretty much what we what we're uh what's on, uh, on the horizon for us. So, I mean, you're not wasting any time, though. I mean, you're you're right back at it, and you're working on mu- more music. It's like, no, take a break. Just keep on going, right? Yeah, you have to. You have to, especially especially nowadays. And, uh, you know, with the attention span that uh, people have nowadays, you have to kind of, you have you have to kind of keep going at it until you can solidify yourself and put yourself in a place where you can breathe a bit. So right now it's a grind time. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess uh, grind it away, especially while it's coming to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cool. All right, so where can everybody get the uh, the EP? Uh, so the EP is available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. It's pretty much in all the digital music stores. Um, and if you want a physical copy of the album, you can go on our website. Uh, I think the, I think there's a store that's being built right now for it that you can get a copy, uh, a physical copy of it. So yeah, those are, those are probably the, the best places to look for it. Awesome. Well, this has been a this has been awesome. This has been a great talking to you. Great getting to know you. And uh, yeah, hope uh, you guys cross that border and come down to the states and spread that music around. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, appreciate you having me um, on your show. Uh, it's, it's been lovely talking to you as well. Awesome. You too. And uh, yeah, 
this is uh, this is tape, so I'll let you know. I'll let you know when it goes up. Uh, probably been a week or so. Okay, awesome, amazing. Look forward to hearing it. Thanks so much, Lester. All right, thank you too. Have a good day. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. Right.
Alright, welcome back. Toad Drum Radio, Bay Ragney here. There you go. Darker, st- or I'm sorry, Moscow New York. And uh, Lester Guterres. And that tune was called Stars. So check them out. Um, let's see, where are we at? Commercial break time. I know. You don't want to hear those words. But we got to pay the bills. Got to keep the power on. The juice is flowing. And the Totally Driven being totally driven. So, we're going to play, uh, play our first commercial break. It's three minutes. Coming back on the flip side, get ready to be a little extra happier in life because Ed Roman's coming up, and we're going to talk with Ed. We're talking about his new single, The Way She Goes. So, stay tuned. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin on the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember... $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Are you looking for a mortgage for that new home? Do you want to refinance to a lower rate, obtain cash out, or consolidation? If so, call Anthony Muscarella of Advisors Mortgage Group. Advisors Mortgage Group is a mortgage banker and loan our own money to First Lien Mortgage Loans. We have built a platform for a seamless and stress-free mortgage process, which remains our number one goal for all of our customers. We understand that success cannot be obtained without teamwork and communication, two of our most important strengths. If you're looking to apply for a loan or simply have some questions, please don't hesitate to give Anthony Muscarella a call at 732-749-3333, extension 12, who, by the way, has been recognized by Mortgage Executive Magazine as being one of the top 1% of originators in America. That number again, call Anthony Muscarella at 732-749-3333, extension 12, where we tailor our loans to meet your needs. Advisors Mortgage Group is an equal housing opportunity lender licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance. Branch NMLS number 173453. Loan Officer NMLS number 111. 
All right, welcome back to the radio. There you go. See, three minutes. It's not a long time. It's really not. So thank you for being patient. And uh, your patience will pay off because here we go. Here's our good friend, the totally driven one himself, the happy one, always a fun interview, Mr. Ed Roman. Ed. Hey. There he is. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Sorry, I was calling in five minutes early, and it was telling me fifteen calling fifteen minutes before the show, and I'm like, I'm calling in five minutes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I was in the middle of like rebooting a computer. It's amazing. It, it like I think it's just time for I need a new computer. I mean, it literally took me twenty seven minutes to get it rebooted. Are you serious? I, I'm dead serious. Oh yeah. Maybe you need a smart stick or something to like. Maybe you got a horse or something in there. You know, I have so much stuff on here. My my laptop is four years old, and I have four years worth of shows plus all my music on there. So it's like it's like crying to me to like put it out of its misery. Or just get like a terabyte off, like an offshoot somewhere. Or you, you, I mean, they, they're so cheap now. I mean, even find five hundred gigs. Back everything up so you got like a lot of running space. I'm terrible for that too with the emails. I cleaned out like 4,900 emails the day before wow. yesterday, and I realized, man, it was really slowing down my system. Like all this other right. stuff that's in there, right? It's crazy. That was my yeah, thing. I know. Like I, I, that's what I did. I sat and cleaned out two email boxes, and it took me like four or five hours to do that. And I was like. This is my Thanksgiving. All right, dinner time. Time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. So yeah, and, and, the compu- and it, good. And the computer was supposed to bring about the four-day work week, right, and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now it's like seven days I work because like, I, I can't get off it. I'm like 24 hours a day on the thing. I don't think it's healthy, man. I'm I'm in the same boat sometimes, and I have to like – Go decompress, force myself to do it. Like, even when I got my instrument on, I got my phone beside me, and I'm talking to people, and I'm like, stop it. Like, it's it's bad. Wow. Yeah, it it really is. It's it's funny, and I saw in the news this morning, too, they had some lady on there, and they were saying, like, you know, people need to disconnect for a little bit just to, like, get away from the stuff. But it's, it's just so hard because, like, I, I feel like, uh, like, like I'm going through a withdrawal when I'm not connected to something. Well, that's it, and I I can't remember. There was some show on TV years ago, and they were stranded on an island or something. Else. And the guy didn't have his phone. He didn't have his BlackBerry, and he found this flat rock that he would pretend was his BlackBerry just so he had this tactical gadget thing that, fictitious, of course, but he was doing it just to placate himself, and it was just like, it just goes to show you, like, I mean, my guitar is that way for me too, but it's not the same, like, it's my tool. I put it down. And go eat. I sleep. I you know go have a shower. Like the the the, the new technology is omnipresent. It seems and like it's always growing in these amazing ways. But at the same time, this is like you know like it's hard to detach. It's like an umbilical cord. Even with electricity, you know, it's like <laughs> we were without power last winter for what six days. And wow. okay, day day three, I'm still handling it, and we got the fires going in the house and whatever. But after a while, you're like, well, I gotta check stuff, and I need I need some power to you know do this, and, and you start realizing, my God, 
there's so many things that hinge on that one thread. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's scary because we had a situation like that a couple of years ago, and we were without power for like two, three days. And um, what we did, believe it or not, uh, we have a Hooters uh, about 10 minutes from my house that I have freaking... <laughs> frequented quite often over the last like probably 10 years and my family goes with me a lot too so like everybody there knows us we would go there and like charge our phones and laptops and everything and just sit there and hang out and just <laughs> and they would be like well they had they had a generator they or they had power there they had power there yeah yeah okay 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 like i'm talking like we had well close to 50,000 people without power within 50, 60 miles, um, wow. and it took days to rebuild and get branches and, you know, wait even for the ice storm to subside that we had, right? Mm-hmm. So people are sharing gas and trying to share propane, and basements oh, wow. are flooding because some pumps can't run, so now you've got right. another dilemma on your hand. Like, But that's the thing, too. Like, winter tends to promote a little bit more of this hibernatory behavior i'm okay with that aspect i write a lot and do but i'm I'm a gardener so like i mean that's the other thing that allows me to have that detachment when you're cooped right. up you know you can't go outside and work in the garden in the, in the middle of winter you know so when you're out there in the garden when you can when it's nice weather are you like still on your phone checking things in between plants no that see that's the thing i leave that in the house unless something special occurs like and usually you know, I mean, I'm always trying to talk about food and growing food and getting excited about doing it because it's really emancipating. And, you know, if I had, I posted this one thing called Shopping Lucky. So, you know, I walk out the back door, my it's on my YouTube channel, and it's like, you know, I'm picking okra, I'm picking cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, all this stuff that's growing in my backyard. And, like trying to show people how amazing it is. So for me, you know, I go out there in the morning, you know, do my wife and I, both of us, a cup of coffees and uh, pull weeds and talk to the plants, ask them what they need and try to to make things work. You know, you're playing the creator. And then at night, it's the same thing. You might take a beer outside, go out, whatever. It's always this kind of continual thing. It's kind of like art in your life, and I see this amazing connection between both. And it's funny, you're always tending it a little bit at a time and always nurturing it, or even like having children, it's the same thing. It's an art form to be a parent in the 21st century. And and so I guess that's, that's what it is. I, I, I try to leave that in the house, but then when I see something amazing, check out this carrot, you know, social media. <laughs> Here, here's a video of us now. We've picked the food in our backyard, and we're cooking it, and here's the meal we've prepared. Uh, the, all of that for me is, is sort of the connection to it, but at the same time I'm like, hey, if I can spend five hours out there and I'm not online, ah. Right. <laughs> it, it almost sounds like... Um uh, like like the gardening you do is like another creative outlet for you. Well, it, it is, and I guess that's what, you know, I was getting at is that like art and your experience with it, you're always growing with it. Excuse the pun. But, you know, a garden, you're always learning more every year about what, your vegetables want to do and what you can do for them so they can do more for you. And art works very much the same way. You you plant seeds and 
you spread them, and hopefully something starts to grow, and you tend it, and before you know it, you've created something that maybe can sustain you and makes people feel good and maybe makes them grow in some kind of a way, mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is that the music does. It's the same thing with that. And I guess I do see that as a, as a thing, you know. And I, for me, having that aspect, when I talk about an artistic lifestyle, that also allows for that separation again and why i always talk about it because people are like well i don't know how to do that well you know like everything we learn if we ask right. questions or experiment but ultimately it becomes then something that means so so much in your life it, it, it's something that you you know can go hey look it i did this with my hands i don't need to purchase it i don't need to charge it um, all of these kinds of things makes you go, wow, this is beautiful. And really, you know, I mean, the Victory Garden and mass family farms as opposed to corporate farming and things was a, a huge and paramount thing in, in both of our countries, Canada and the United States. The, the reality of it is that it's changed so much. And I guess that's what's amazing about the technology that we have is that you can reinvigorate other people's ideas um, and by showing and illustrating your own life experiences, the art does the same thing. You're always trying to reflect in some right. way about your experience, you know. So it's there. They're, they're tied. They're tied. Wow. Now, um, I, was, I was getting ready uh, for the interview today. A new thing I do now is before I used to, like, when I would book it, I would, like, try to prepare for the interview, and this way I'd be ahead of the game. And then I was realizing, like, you know, by the time I comes around to the interview, like a week or two later, like I forgot everything. So now I like <laughs> like to do it the day of. This way, everything's fresh in my mind, and, and I'm ready to go. So uh, as I'm going through stuff this morning, um, I'm on your website, and I was checking out your uh, your calendar, and I'm seeing you got all like these radio uh, you know interviews lined up. And I was thinking to myself, you know, you're doing you're doing interviews day in day out, like. Is there one question that when you hear it, you just like say to yourself, oh, not again? Well, <laughs> you know, that's funny because, yes, I've heard a lot of similar questions. And that alone, <laughs> Bay, is an amazing question because to me, not everybody knows everything. And, you know, it, it would be as a teacher, and I've, you know, taught music for a long time, I have to start at scratch with some people. Sure. You know, and other people are far more advanced. And I always remember that, you know, information is a powerful thing, no matter how simplistic it is or how complicated it is. So, you know, who am I, who am I at this point when I feel lucky to be able to do what I'm doing, question that, you know. I'm, and that's an amazing statement. Like I said, your, your, your question itself has a lot of gravity because people are worry, you know. They send me pre-questions or or things like that, or tell me implicitly, this is what's going to happen. I, I, I get it. They, they need to feel comfortable themselves. But, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time, so it's like, well, here we go. Let's have a good chat, because that's really what good radio is supposed to be about. And you sure. know, man, I just take everything in stride. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're always, like, uh, an easy interview, because it ends up just totally being a conversation, and it's a great conversation every time. Well, and that's it. Like, I mean, some of the amazing interviews that I've seen in the past, whether it's TV, radio, or good talk radio, it's like the most amazing, <laughs> most amazing little things just pop up because it's not scripted. Even in right. movie making, or like, I remember uh, 
Oh, I used to love, and I still watch it sometimes, MASH, you know, Gary Berghoff and Alan sure. Alda, Burt Metcalf. So anyway, there was that classic one where Henry goes home, and they had Radar as uh, Gary Berghoff, the character Radar. He was the only one in the script that knew that they were going to write the fact that McLean Stevens' character Henry would die. And here, nobody else knew. So when they started to shoot it, the, it, the what they captured was unbelievable, and they realized later we didn't have the film didn't work right. I can't remember what the story was, so they didn't capture it. So what the public actually sees is the second take, where the wear off effect of even the actors and everything in that spontaneous moment was lost. And then there's other circumstances where like scripts are broken away from, and the actor puts something more of, you know, what is expected into it, and you go, my God, I, I, I can't believe we captured that. It was like that's some of the best. You couldn't have scripted that. So right. I, think that's, I think that's important in any conversation. It leads you into, into amazing fields and territories. Totally, totally. That's how I feel with our interviews, because they just, they just go and they flow. Well, it, you got to. It's kind of like life. you got to go with the flow sometimes, otherwise it's... <laughs> You get left behind, or you get caught in a funk, or something. You just gotta go with it. It's hard sometimes, but you gotta go with it. This is true. So, uh, actually, the last time we talked was just uh, when you released the, your latest album, Red Omen. Yeah, man, that was back in June, and oh man, there's been so much going on, and talking to a lot of people, and and setting up a tour for 2017, which you nice. need to kind of do, you know, half a year, a year in advance. And I just released a new video for a single off of that. I Am Love got a lot of views, which was amazing. That was the, the single off of the, the, the first single we did. You know, I'm just happy, man, that the music's getting out there and people are, are listening to it. And, and, and what's nice is that there's so much banter about it in social media through other sites and platforms that it's, it's, it feels like a good community of people, you know, sharing the art, you know, and I, sure. I'm all about that. You know, that's one thing, too, that you just uh, tipped off in my head was like, um, you know, when you put the album out back in June, you had the first single, and now here we are uh, five months later, and you're just releasing the second single now and a, and a new video as well. And I'm seeing a lot more in music today where bands are, are putting out a release, a new album, and it's like they'll put out a first single a month or two beforehand, and then once that album is released, it's like, they're not even letting nothing breathe. They're just bombarding the airwaves with multiple singles at one time. It's just like nothing has a time to breathe. And then a week later, it's like you just destroyed the whole album. It's like, all right, what now? <laughs> oh, it's like throwing all your worms in the water while you're fishing. Like, I mean, I, I, you're right. Because, like, Bay, you're, if you give it time to breathe, like, then it, it sinks in. I, and then people also, too, in an elastic way, the accordion effect, go back. It's funny, like... The very same people in places that have been sharing the new video have all of a sudden a week and a half later go and remember this. So it's it's nice not to be continually bombarded all the time. It's you know we talk about what we do. Like today, even alone, I'm doing three shows, and and I also want to space things evenly so people are like well I don't know what to pay attention to like it's you know it's it, and that's the thing about the information age. There's so much stuff. It's so hard to to just breathe on one idea for a little while. I think I heard what the average attention span is between three to seven seconds. Wow. 
<laughs> so you know, <laughs> go out and garden. It may, may might go to ten seconds or fifteen right, seconds. Right. <laughs> and that's you know, like I, like we're all cut of the same cloth around the same age, and like you remember, like we used to go listen to vinyl records or. And it's like, okay, so somebody got the record, and you went to your buddy's house, and there's like five of you all lying around in the basement, you know, and then somebody's turn to flip, you know, flip the record, it's time to flip it. But that listening, it's like nobody was talking. Later right. we would talk about it or whatever. Like It's like when you go to a film, you don't sit there in the middle of a film and talk continually. You talk about it after the fact, the two hours are mm-hmm. up. But, right. you know, it, it concentration... And the idea of, of, of being in the moment can be very hard because it's like, i got to do this, i got to do this. What did they say? Oh, I need to look at this. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, this is amazing. The mind is working so fast, it, it's, it can be unhealthy sometimes. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary thought. And, and the funny thing that you're saying about vinyl, <laughs> you always listen to that, like, first side and sometimes you might even just keep playing that one side over and over because you would have it you know be able to go back and repeat itself just because you didn't feel like up getting up off the couch or the bed to go flip the side <laughs> right <laughs> well that's it i mean and and okay so that also changed then i mean the listening experience we have multiple options with music today and just okay i just want the single you know i just want the first track off the record what i heard on the radio but when that was the case then, we were intrigued by it. We went to the record shop. We heard something that was playing. What is this? Talk to the guy behind the counter. It's so-and-so. You get it. But then you fell in love with that tune. But as the record progresses, there's other things that you get turned on by that you had no idea about. So that's what I kind of like about that. Even today, I mean, I listen to a lot of vinyl. And older records even, I was like, oh, yeah, you remember this tune is on this album. But then you start listening to the rest of it. I forgot about this number, you know, like, and it stirs all this other stuff up in you again. So the vinyl experience is really cool, and I, I'm actually excited to see it making kind of a comeback. You know, actually, it shocks the hell out of me that it is really making a comeback. I think it has a lot to do with the younger generation and people, you know, older people, so the kids, you know, talking about their experience like this. And the kids going like, well, what was all that about? What are these, Dad, Mom? These strange-looking folder things with, you know, Elvis Presley on the front cover, or whatever. Was, you know, I've seen kids even that I used to teach that were much younger. You know, and I run into them in town or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, my friends and I were like, ampli- buying these old amplifiers and turntables, and we're listening to vinyl, and I'm like, well, you know, I, that's like the way resurgences kind of work. Like, I mean. The last wave uncovers the newfangled ways. All of that idea of like, well, what is that? What is, I mean, I did that stuff with my grandparents or or my parents. It all kind of reinvigorated that love for what yesteryear was all about. I even have a crank phonograph in my house, eight track tapes that I still have, cassette tapes. Nice. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a, it's history too. But I'm also like you know a music buff, so. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have my hands on that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So the new single, it's called uh, "That's the Way She Goes," and you know I was listening to it over and over this morning. And if you might, if anybody is like feeling down or sad, I mean, you just put this song on, especially to start your day, and you're gonna have a happy day. I mean, it's such a happy sounding song. <laughs> 
and that girl in there, Gracie Gallimore, she's like this little bright 10-year-old kid. I play at this place called the Terra Nova Public House up here in Canada. And uh, she knows all the lyrics to my last three records. I mean, it's like 52 tunes or something. And I was playing there, and she, I said, you know, you'd be perfect. It tells this story is like an older person is talking to a younger person. And, right. you know, I remember being there, you know, asking my grandfather questions of why is this, you know, da 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 Not always just in the why, why, why stage, but even when you're a little bit older. And what would that older person say, like, there's so many things we could say to a younger person about what has happened, where the future may go, what we think might happen, all of that stuff. I, and, and it was like these subtle things that I remember my grandfather saying to me as a younger kid. And there's a statement, in, 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 and it starts off the video. If you check out the video online on my YouTube channel, it says, Dirty Hands Make Clean Money. Leslie and, you know, I was going to ask you about that. And it's an older statement. I've seen it floating around in social media, and I think, well, that's, you know, been a lot around for a long time. You know, my grandfather was born in uh, uh, 1896. So, you know, for me, I, I, that potency of, like, the day and age that we live in, people and what they practice in their lives, and taking what you need and giving back what you can. It all kind of summates a lot of that. And, and even like there's another Slovak saying we'd have to say, Staros Nerados, which is basically there's always something. And it, it, there's always going to be some hurdle or obstacle or something for you to, to need to cross. But when you cross it, it makes you feel amazing. And, and that's what I was trying to do is tell this story, this child sitting on a road in a chair <laughs> looking at this abandoned farmhouse. It held a life. It had prosperity. It grew. You know, there was people that lived here. What happened? And how do you summate that? How do you tell a kid, you know, well, why did this fail? What what went on? And what 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 needs to go on? You know, and and I and it, so it was really neat to to kind of have that feeling of my grandfather and that that language coming up again. And, and a lot of people have said to me, man, I love that statement. Dirty hands make clean money. Uh, I'm like, let it permeate, you know. I, I hope that the language and the, and the lyrics and the and the music do that. Like you said, it makes you feel good. You can't help but not smile when you're right. listening to the tune because it gives you that summation, like, well, that's the way it goes, you know, like the bathwater with the baby, too many people acting crazy, you know, that's <laughs> the way she goes. I'll tell you, it's funny because I had that lyric written down as well. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what's funny? It's like a bathwater with the baby. I sat with that tune in my tub. Like my tub's a special place for me. And I like get ideas there all the time. And it's like, I, I over and over, how you know? It's like my grandfather. Dirty hands make clean money. Dirty hands made, rattled around and rattled around. And then one day, like you said, artists just spew. It's like page after page of ideas. And then we edit ourselves. We figure out exactly what we want to say and how we want to say it. It's like, you know, it, it started to make me giggle when I was writing it because it's like I felt my, like my grandfather was kind of here. So it, it took on a whole new, you know, feeling for me. And I really wanted it to be on the record. Again, it talks about the idea of love and empathy and, and thinking about your surroundings. Red Omen and, and everything that's on that record kind of pushes that, that big rooster button. Wow. You did it again, Ed. You did it again. <laughs> Your fault, babe. Your fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> you no good so-and-so, you. 
<laughs> you know what? Like, another deep thing about the whole thing, and you mentioned it as well, was the abandoned house. Like that, like abandoned houses, buildings, stuff like that interests me so much. And I and I always like think like what happened to make it become abandoned? Like why did people just give up on this? You know, structure. Well, why? What happened? I, I just I, I hear I hear you, and and that's what's crazy is that there's so much farmland and area and space where this has occurred. I mean, my house now that I live in was built in 1866. Wow. Uh, and then 1877, they put an addition on that was about the same size. But in '93, it was boarded up, and nobody oh, wow. was living here. And basically, you know, through the previous owner who did a lot of work here, had the entire chronological family history of who built the place, when, you know, everything about it that he got through the museum and archives here in our in our county. And I still have all the paperwork and photographs of like the work that they did here. And so it's interesting because you see, like, I mean, even the graveyard just down across the way from us here. There's so many kids that in the late 1800s died. Their families had 12 children. They lost seven as a result of polio, uh, smallpox, uh, all these things that rifled and destroyed families that were at one time quite prosperous. So it was like a, a hit and miss thing with a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, mortality rates and everything were so much lower as a result. Um, there, but, again, economy... <laughs> changing the way that even like in the 20th century with free trade and things that are like this, the idea of the family farm and corporate corporate groups like, you know, ketchup maker, let's say, can go further to get a cheaper bushel of tomatoes. That means that they're no longer buying in their own communities anymore that create right. sustainability. So there's this delicate balance between so much of that in our natural environment that you make it makes I I shake my head that's why I really wanted to to have that in the video it really stirs all that you know tapestry uh in a nice way like what was this place my god look at the shingles and this old windmill and you know this beautiful little girl sitting in a dress with the Mary Jane shoes on with that funny look on her face like what happened here Ed? You know, like, it really hits home, I think. And a lot of people have personal messaged me even going, wow, what an amazing location, and da-da-da-da. I'm like, yeah, it really helps tell the story. Um, and, and I wanted it to be there. I wanted it to be there. Now, was I had that, to hop the fence, too. <laughs> <laughs> was the video filmed near your house? Just about uh, two miles from my house. It wasn't far at all. And it's funny, it was like we got turned around because one of the side roads was closed back in the summer. And coming up there, I was like, all of a sudden, you can see it at a distance because the windmill pokes out of this old forest and, and, and it sort of rises on the top of this hill. You see this sort of dilapidated roof. And I was like, you're like you just boom, it hits you, like energy. And, and I had it in my head the entire time, but I still hadn't figured out until just around Halloween that, that Gracie and, and this would all sort of circumnavigate itself the right way and boom, let's shoot it over the course of a couple of days. And, and, and we did it and just we made it happen. And it, 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 like again, like a good conversation, you just follow the flow. There was things that I, I didn't know were going to happen and they happened. 
you know, it, it's funny as you were talking too about uh, the history of your house and all. It's it sounds like almost like you got a Carfax on your house. So help me, Carfax. My ignorance. Uh, in the car, I, I work in the car business, so uh, the big thing in the car business now is a Carfax, and it's literally a, a history report of your car. Oh yes, of course, of course, of course. Yes, I have a Carfax on my house, and yeah. you know, it's <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that you say it like that because you know I'm also not opposed to the idea that energy still exists here. Um, you know, I've had interesting circumstances that have happened in the house and things that occur, like all of a sudden my wife started and we were living here, got these overwhelming smells of lavender, and we didn't understand why. So we talked to the old owner, and we find out that the woman that was here before it got boarded up was living in the living room. And she, her bed was there because she was bedridden. She couldn't climb the stairs anymore. And her favorite scent was lavender. And every once in a while, it still happens, well, usually when the house is humming, the fireplaces are going, there's this good energy, music is happening, things are being cooked. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> lavender. And it's like old Mrs. Firth is going, you know, I'm here, I like this kind wow. of thing, right? And, and so for me, yeah, that, it, <laughs> there's a spiritual car fact. <laughs> <laughs> still attached to the house in some kind of way, and I'm sure I'm imprinting because I'm here as well. Oh. That's cool stuff, though. Yeah, it is. I, that's why, And even those places and those, those locations, my wife and I, like, we say, okay, like, we're so busy all the time, but come on, let's go do some, like, you know, ghost hunting or something and take, like, a little EVP thing and, and, a, and a voice recorder because she loves doing that stuff, too. And, man, she's got, man, so many photos that she's taken of of old places. She, she's on a two-hour road trip. She'll come home three hours later, and it's like, where were you? She said, oh, I found this old place, and I was taking photos, and I drove in. <laughs> and and it, for me, it, I, I get it. For me, I love history, and I, and I love knowing why we are who we are, and you know, it helps us with who, where we're going. Even our name of our studio here is Black Earth Music and Pottery. And we called it Black Earth because... Originally, this area was called Schwarzerb by German settlers that were here. Schwarz meaning black, herb meaning earth. So when we read this, we thought, hey, let's call our studio, our, our little farm here, Black Earth Music and Pottery, to pay homage to, to those people that came before. Black earth represents rich soil and the ability to grow fertile things. and It all kind of summated that in that way. It's a part of the part of the, the, the now, I guess, you know, uh, how you might say it, energy that we, we, we carry here and, and, and still hold dear. Wow. That's pretty deep. Well, I mean, it, that's the thing, dude. Like, I, 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 what I get off on in life and, and the things that really turn me on are not just the, the, the physical aspects to the outcome. It's how we get there as people and some of the things that, you know, the, the struggles that we go through or, or the, the things that we're capable of seeing but not always that we may dismiss when we do see them. Those those things to me somehow have such great potency in, in how we move forward. You know, it's not just the spiritual things, but 
you know, how we react to certain situations or, or don't react to certain situations. They're, they're all part, more part of this kind of like conscious thinking process as opposed to like, well, we just do this because. And, and to me, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of weird that way, you know. I'm, I like tradition, but at the same time, I'm also like, well, let's just kind of keep moving forward. Right. So, uh, sometimes those things and, and, and reiterations of the negativity that we have experienced in our past as people, as a civilization, don't help us move forward. They keep bringing up bad baggage, and, and, and we have to recognize, yes, this happened, but we have to move forward, you know. That's a big part of the, the human mechanism that makes us do anything, that makes us move, move. You know, we are, we are the body electric, right? That's the thing. We've got to keep moving forward. That's it. Always, always moving forward. Always. Now, how about, um, you said you're uh, starting to book to, uh, the tour for 2017. Yeah, I, you know, first of all, it's, like, really nice. I was contacted by Heart Songs because, you know, I was doing a thing for Heart Songs for Veterans. And they want to put a bunch of shows together in upstate New York and concerts that feature Heart Songs for Veterans artists. So there's talk of that happening in the spring, and Jill's a very busy lady, so we, that's all in the works. And then as well, too, uh, down again, down in New York City, uh, hopefully down in PA. There's talk about nice. heading out west as well, too, towards California, Los Angeles. I'd like to get down to play a little more in Ohio. I haven't done enough of that. Um, but, you know, in tandem, again, with radio shows. And then, yeah, just always writing and, and always talking about music. Nice. Yeah, that would be great. I hope I hope uh, Philly does end up uh, coming on the uh, schedule. Well, me too. And I was supposed to play there last year, and unfortunately, the club owner, um, they had a fatality in the family. They closed the club that night. I was coming from New York. I was there for six nights, and it just never happened again. But, yeah, it's, again, there's a lot of people out there doing what I'm doing, and again, trying to get your foot in the door for certain locations, that's also tricky, festivals, those kinds of things. But my nose is to the grindstone, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Ed, this is always a pleasure. It's always fun talking with you. You too, Bay. The album, where can everybody get it? Red Omen and all your your music. Uh, I mean, that little girl can't be the only person that will all 52 songs. No, she's not. You you can hold a physical copy of it, which feels good in your hand, and you can get it from my friends at CD Baby in Portland, Oregon. They'll send it to you right to your mailbox. Um, You can go to my website, order it directly from my website. I'll even sign it and send it out to you with a little thank you, personally signed by me, not some machine or secretary. And then, of course, it's, it's all over the board on all the digital sites, Amazon, iTunes. You can also get it digitally at CD Baby. Uh, some of my older stuff you can check out on SoundCloud for free. But, you know, spread the word. You know, it's. Uh, I always say to people, and like even my students, you know, artists, it, it's good to support people while they're alive. <laughs> because usually when people pass away, it's the publishing houses and the family and the other organizations sometimes that you know, turn music into something, the, the music into something else. And I used to have this sign in my in my classroom that said, "By the living, record the dead." 
you know so in other words you know support artists while they're alive it's 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 a, it's a good thing and it, it interjects more money into the economy <laughs> we you know we won't mention any names like Prince, huh? What? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I was going to say Prince. Everything is oh, going right. now. Sorry, what's that? You're going to be seeing all types of music released from his family now. They're going through his oh, archive. Yeah. So, that's yeah. right. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, like as much as I'm a fan of Prince and so many artists that have passed, Bowie. There's, I mean, there's a huge list. They go on and on and on. I, I there's, I've, I've, I separate myself sometimes from the hoopla that that represents. You know, every ten years, even Rolling Stone, as much as I love them, you know, here's the here's the ten year. Let's talk about Lennon again. Here's the ten year. Right. Let's talk about Marley again. Kind of a thing. And to me, the message is far more powerful. You know, on, on a completely different level, it, it transcends everything now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's some things that I like to own just because, you know, I mean, sure. my last trip to New York, I bought a whole bunch of old Marley on vinyl that I didn't own, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to own it, and for three bucks, right? Wow, uh, you can't beat that. No, and like that was crazy. I mean, even think of all the vinyl I still have today. I used to walk down the streets of Toronto. I used to see piles of records and boxes that people were getting rid of during the CD era. And I'd be like, snatch, 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 got it, need to trade it, da 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 da. And so I've got so much vinyl. But again, it's like uh, I collect that kind of stuff. To me, it means a lot. Yeah. Amazing what happened to vinyl. It's so just so weird. It really is. Well, and I think, like I said, it is making a comeback in, in some ways, and it, it, it's good because it puts the tangible, physical thing in somebody's hands again. You know, you, you get that. I, I have this. It's part of. I own it. Like, I mean, you know, there's a a lot of people talking about this experience of what it was to have something, or the the safari, the vinyl safari that you'd go on trying to find that record on a, on a you know Friday night or Saturday with your buddies because you wanted to go and check it out. That, I think, is what some people are lamenting or that they talk about, that younger people go, well, what is this? Like, this sounds really cool. And, and it's neat to have this, like, as opposed to just this little digital thing that's in your phone or your, yeah. your iPod or however you listen to music, your computer. I mean, not even with CDs, it's the same thing. I mean, CDs are kind of like... Not a lot of people own CDs anymore, so there you go. It's important to keep it like that's the thing. Music stays alive because of listening. I mean, you know, and how people interact with it. You know, it, it's it's a cultural phenomenon. So it's it's part of everybody's life. It's not just you know a few people that enjoy it. You know, it's not a niche thing. So it's important that you know, we recognize we need to keep it alive as a result of how we interact with it. I'll tell you what, I, I think, too, with the, with the whole world of vinyl, I think you were more, I, I mean, this is from my own personal experience, I'm sure you'll probably have the Korean, I think it was easier, too, to make more of a connection to the music with the vinyl, because how many times um, would you, ha as you're playing that vinyl, you're sitting there with that album cover getting lost into the artwork and then you have like a lyric sheet where you can actually physically be able to read it, not need a magnifying glass, 
and know each song, each lyric as you're going through. Where now today with digital or even CDs, it became like with CDs to me, it became like you didn't know the song that titles anymore. It was like number 11 on the disc or seven. You, know, you, you lost that connection and that uh, personalization between the, the music and, and yourself. 100%. And I mean, it's true because, I mean, even the concept album outside of the single era, because that's what we've kind of done. We went from singles to albums, back to like singles, but in a digital format, allowed then that artistic idea or expression inside of that to permeate through the entire thing. It became this envelope of of idea other than just the one idea in the single. And and it, it did connect people that much more. You had that physical, look, let me see the lyrics, dude, what, and what is he saying there? Like, you know, and you were checking it out. And then because of it, together, you'd be, like, talking about it. And, and you know, all of that, or, like, check out this artwork. I remember there were things even, like, what was it? Is it physical graffiti? That was the, they released a limited amount of copies. And I can't remember if you put water on it, it actually, uh, there was, you got it, like, a color format that would come out of it or certain things that were put in albums like you got yeah you got like uh, four of the Beatles photos what was that Nabby Road I think it was um, or was it the White Album no you got it in the White Album and you know things that like that, that you, as a consumer you didn't know or a limited run of, of colored vinyl right you know, I've got a, a bunch of vinyl that's like that too so you got these kind of like little special things sometimes through even just, you know, doing it. And, and again, you were supporting what you believed. You liked what right. was being talked about. You liked how it made you feel. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. I mean, the Internet is amazing as it is. And it, here we're talking and, and can communicate and to people all over the world. You know, it's also a bit of a double-edged sword because, like you said, that that sense of for what it is has changed. I mean, but again, I'm always reminding myself that this new technology is something also really amazing and, and beautiful to embrace because it gives us this <laughs> this option as opposed to like, oh, God, i got to put a press kit together. It's got to have the 8x10 glossy, make sure that the thing's there with it, and then i got to mail it. And then, you know, call back in a week, make sure they got it, and then do the follow-up call two weeks later. I mean, look, EPK, boom, sent, gone, done. Everything is done. Right. Links to all your music, videos, everything that you do. It's instantaneous, and it's pretty amazing that we can do that. But, again, like the first part of our conversation, it's important to keep, an, I think, an arm's length from it and still have some other relationship to your, your physical. <laughs> right, right. Uh Wow. This, this is, uh, yeah, we can go on for hours, I think. <laughs> it's because you're totally driven. That's why. <laughs> I try. I, I totally try. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <sighs> Too funny. Well, Ed, I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you again. And, uh, yeah, keep me up to date uh, once those uh, dates start rolling in for you. This way you know. I will, Bay. Thank you so much again. And please let me know when it's up because I want to share the... Share the socks off of it. Cool. I, I, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be played uh, Thursday night, December 8th. December 8th. Okay. Let's put it in my calendar. Thank you, sir. You got it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care, Ed. Take care, babe. Good talking to you. Stay in touch.
See ya. I could dance a lifetime with my sweet tobacco rose. You could build your nation with dirty hands in denim clothes. And even in our twilight, I think that everybody knows. An open mind, a subtle heart. Are the only way she goes, and that's the way she goes. Just like an open door or window, that's the way she goes. Just like the bathwater with the baby, that's the way she goes. Too many people acting crazy, that's the way she goes. If you've been singing this song lately, the whistle on your kettle's been chirping, and deep red is the song. Your mortal shackles been winning battles. I think you've known this all along. The squeaky wheel's been seasoned because the grease price is too high. Just change another channel; it never ever changes. And wave it all goodbye. That's the way she goes. Just like an open door or window, that's the way she goes. Just like the bathwater with the baby, that's the way she goes. Too many people acting. That's the way she goes. If you've been singing this song lately, sha la 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 la. We know it's wrong, but we say it's right. Sha la 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 la. We know it's black, but we say it's white. Sha la 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 la. Summarize your fears and woes. It's like a fragrant golden season. It purifies you and your soul. I tip my hat to rebels when the newsman calls him foe. And if you check inside your pockets, you'll find it's all just one big show. But that's the way she goes. Like an open door or window, that's the way she goes. Just like the bathwater with the baby, that's the way she goes. Too many people been acting crazy, that's the way she goes. If you've been singing this song lately, that's the way she goes. 
website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right, you can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap, it's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Hey everybody, this is Nick Wilkinson from TV Nation and Totally Driven Radio and Entertainment. Sadly, each year, approximately 3.6 million children become victims of child abuse. My latest ebook, Child Abuse, The Ripple Effect, explores the long-lasting effects abuse can have on victims. Explore life after the abuse ends and how we cope with the tragedies of the past. Child Abuse, The Ripple Effect is available on Kindle for only 99 cents. And don't forget to check out my website, actingnotreacting.com, a comment sense approach to teens in crisis let's work together and make this world a better place and remember stay driven are you a fan of sherlock holmes letters from holmes offers unique one-of-a-kind letters from the world famous detective himself handwritten on eight and a half inch by 11 inch aged parchment paper and using smudge free ink to produce original high quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. Are you looking for a mortgage for that new home? Do you want to refinance to a lower rate, obtain cash out, or consolidation? If so, call Anthony Muscarella of Advisors Mortgage Group. Advisors Mortgage Group is a mortgage banker and loan our own money to First Lien Mortgage Loans. We have built a platform for a seamless and stress-free mortgage process, which remains our number one goal for all of our customers. We understand that success cannot be obtained without teamwork and communication, two of our most important strengths. If you're looking to apply for a loan or 
simply have some questions, please don't hesitate to give Anthony Muscarella a call at 732-749-3333, extension 12, who, by the way, has been recognized by Mortgage Executive Magazine as being one of the top 1% of originators in America. That number again, call Anthony Muscarella at 732-749-3333, extension 12, where we tailor our loans to meet your needs. Advisors Mortgage Group is an equal housing opportunity lender licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance. Branch NMLS number 173453. Loan Officer NMLS number 111400. All right, welcome back to the Radio. All right, here we go. Last but definitely not least, darker still. Tony, Patrick, here they are. Hey, how you doing, man? So who do I have here? I got the whole band? All right, perfect. Uh, no, it's Tony and Patrick. Okay, cool. Very cool. All right. So, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I was going through, uh, through your stuff and all, looking through uh, your bio and checking out the music. And, and right away, uh, uh, the guy who, I, I guess he's the guy that wrote the, the bio. He wrote an article about you guys or something. I mean, that dude, he had me sold on you guys within the first two sentences. <laughs> yeah, we've been getting some really positive reviews. So we like we, we were actually just like joking because we just we had another one pop up like today from another dude and like the guy really really loved what he like heard. And it was just we were we were laughing because like he he gets very poetic with his with his review and I was just like, hey man, this guy loved it. I'm okay with that. It's just it's just it's just it's great to see. It, but it's just always funny when you see like they start throwing like really poetical like like stuff into their reviews. I'm like, man, this guy really, really liked it. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's gotta be kind of like mind blowing though. Like, uh, cause I was seeing like, you guys are getting a lot of it's like, weird. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And then you're getting a lot of play over in other countries, like uh, in the UK and Australia, Ireland, Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, I yeah, would say, like, um, we've, we've, we've seen a bunch of songs plays in a bunch of other countries for sure. And, it is weird. Like it is like, uh, like we were saying, we've said before, like we had a fan from Germany and she, like she messaged us and told us like how much she loved us. And like, we actually ended up sending her a CD and stuff like that, because like, this is way back before any of like the radio stuff. Like she just found us online. I can't remember how, like probably through reverb. Reverb. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like through reverb nation. And like, we were just like, wow, like it blows us away that you're so far away. But like, she was actually like a huge fan. She's like, I've been showing you, was like showing you to all my friends and stuff. And we're like, this is amazing. Like, it's like I said, it's, it's so crazy how like, well, the internet kind of brings the music community together. Like it's, it's, it's so awesome. It really is. It really is. Now, like when you get a lot of um, fans like that from other countries, do you turn around and say like, how did you hear about us? Like, how, how did you get our music? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. Cause like, I think for her, like I said, it's, it's one of those things like they must've like just seen us on a rock chart or, you know, on whatever. And just like popped up like it, like, and especially now, cause we're getting a lot more, like, it's really cool that we're getting a lot more radio time, like, especially in the States, especially through like college radios and online radios and everything like that. Like it's, it's, it's great to see that we're like, we're getting people actually like hearing the music, which is exactly what we, what we want. We want to get the music out there. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you guys are doing just that. I mean, the EP was released what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, about that. And yeah, November fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So two weeks ago. So like, and I'm seeing like you guys are all over the charts, like everywhere. And I mean, most requested song, number one on the global rock charts for 19 weeks, uh, 16 weeks on all the charts. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. 
Hey, honestly, the coolest thing so far for me, like just as a like even as a fan of music in general, is seeing our name next to like Metallica on the DRT <laughs> like rock chart. Like, yeah. just totally has me like totally losing my mind. You know what I mean? Like growing up listening to a band like that and seeing our names next to some really like cool bands, like some bands that like sure. I said, like I've listened to since I was a kid. Now, are are you um uh? like saving all that stuff, like putting a scrapbook together? Um, not so much. I mean, I, it, I screenshot everything. You, okay. I so maybe Patrick is actually every chart every week. That's I funny. Screenshot everything. And I save it all. Yeah. You got to, you, you totally got to, it, it's funny too, because yeah, like, um, I, I've been going through and cleaning out my basement and I came across, um, old magazine articles from the eighties. Like I used to buy back in the day, like with circus magazine, hip parader and all the other magazines that come out monthly. I would buy two copies yeah. of each and I would keep one and the other one I would cut up and I would situate them. I, mean, I used to have folders of like all these different bands and I came across one of the band faster pussycat and I've become very close with the old bass player, um, Eric Stacy. So I shot him a message. I'm like, dude, I found all these old clippings and all. I'm like, I don't know if you have a scrapbook, but do you want them? It was like hell yeah! Send them out to you. Me, want you know? Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, you definitely got to save that stuff. No, you're right. It's, it is cool. Like I said, especially because we haven't seen too much. Like I said, like it's just cool seeing our name. Like I said, just up there with all this. Like, like that first time I saw, like the first time I saw our our music pop up on the DRT, because like it was kind of one of those like moments where I was like, I didn't believe it was gonna like you know like not that I don't believe in our music, but like it was just like okay, like, we'll see what happens when we start getting radio play. And it was, like, seeing us pop up in the top ten with, like, like I said, bands like Metallica and uh, Chili Peppers, Chili Peppers and stuff Day. like that and Green Day. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is this is happening. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I, I, I don't know how I would react. I would totally be blown away. <laughs> now, you guys are from, uh, I guess, outside of Toronto? Yeah, uh, north of Toronto, basically, in a small town. <laughs> now, what's the rock scene like up there? I mean, is there a lot of places to play? It's non-existent here. I mean, honestly, if anything, like we want to, if we want to go anywhere to play, we we go to Toronto, basically, because there's there's nothing around here. The only things that are around here, like especially like are small bars, um, maybe like. Maybe like a mic night kind of thing, like you know what I mean, like right. a one person, one guitar kind of thing. But uh, nothing much as far as like actual venues to play. Um, most of our biggest shows have been in Toronto, and that's just kind of the reality of this area that we live in. Like, and I mean, Toronto is obviously a big place to go to in Canada, obviously. But like, um, it's just one of those things that it's just a reality of where we are that we have to go to somewhere like that to play because there's just nothing around us. Yeah, it's a shame too because. A lot of people I've I've interviewed, you know, over the last few years have been from Canada and are tremendous talents. And I asked them that question because I like first off, I was getting a lot of country uh, artists from Canada, and I was just like, wow, like there's a country scene in Canada, and they're like, well, not really. I I'm believe like, it. even the area that we live in, the area that we live in has a very strong country like really? like feel. Like even uh, the city, like like. Like there's a real like one of the biggest bars in our area is a country bar. Like you know it's one of those things that like it's just one of those realities. Like it's just I, I feel like um, 
like towns like especially like ours in Canada have a very like country vibe almost if you will like there's a lot of rock here and stuff like that like I know a lot of right. like my friends like me growing up like but like I know a lot of people that like are huge country fans especially in this area it just has that kind of like feel to it almost kind of like a small town like like you like you would for most country like like vibes gotcha gotcha now this released EP which came out a couple weeks ago it's self-titled um which is called Darker Still. Now, is, is this your first release or your second yeah. release? Uh, second release. Um, we did release uh, like a, an album before this, um, but the EP is um, is what we what we're pushing forward basically to get to get our songs out there now. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, something too, I was getting a little confused. Is there three members in the band or four? At the moment, uh, like the mainstay for us is three. We've gone through a million drummers in our time. Um, wow. and right now, like the 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 main members that we list are, you know, me, Tony, uh, Patrick, and Quinn. Um, and like I said, we've gone through so like I don't know. It's just, it's one of those funny situations. Like you always hear about bands that had like you know a million whatever. Yeah. But like yeah, for us it's like for us it's drummers. We've we've gone through so many drummers even for the time that we've been together, which we've been together for uh, six five, years, five or six, so five or six years. Then we've probably gone through like seven or eight drummers. Um, wow. Just for like whatever reason or another, um, we do like for shows that we have like we do have. Um, uh, like a, a a guy that we know that will play with us, and he's amazing. He's absolutely absolutely amazing. Um, and you know, if we start to like when we look into actually touring and everything like that, we're going to solidify obviously a fourth you know band member and stuff like that. It's just been one of those things that like it's it's just been one of those weird revolving door kind of weird situations with us for as far as drummers go. I don't we we honestly don't know why. Yeah, you, you know, it's, we just keep it the three of us. Yeah, it seems like a lot of bands are doing that now. Because I was just talking to somebody within the last week or two, and they said the same thing. They're going through like the same type of situation where they've literally gotten to the point where they don't even want a permanent drummer anymore. They just they do their thing, and when they do uh, tours or whatever, they hire somebody just for that situation, and that's it. I was like, okay, whatever works. We talked about the same thing. Wow. Yeah, we've talked about the same thing. Honestly, like where we were. Because when we like when we did the um, the drums on our on our album, like we had the producer do them because we didn't have a, a mainstay drummer at the time. Like we did, and he left before the recording process started for the drums. So the producer just offered to do them for us, and it was one of those things that like we talked about. Obviously, like what do we do when we when we have to tour? And it was one of those things where even like when we were talking to our producer, he's like, honestly, if anything, just hire somebody. They'll learn your songs. They'll you know, go on tour with you and then you, you pay them and then that's it. Like, and it's, it's unfortunate. Like, cause I would love to have just a mainstay, like fourth, you know, member because it would sure. be like, we're, we are looking for that member. It's just, we haven't found that person yet. Honestly, it's just, it's like I said, we, 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 uh, we would love to have someone cause like, you know, obviously it's a pain to have to, um, like try and find someone else. Like, you know, when we want to go play show, like shows or whatever, we guys just have someone who is our drummer, you know, all the time, but we just haven't had that like, you know, situation yet. Now, have you guys come over to the States and played at all, or? Not yet, but um, I think that might be something we're going to be looking into in the new year. Yeah, I believe so. We should be down there in the new year for sure. Oh, nice. Very cool. Any idea what part yeah, of the country? Yeah, like I said, like, like we were talking. Um, have we got any idea yet? Like where? 
Not yet. Uh, yeah, like New York State, that area. Yeah, we'll probably start close to us, like, yeah, northeast, because we are close to, like, the border there near New York. But um, it, it'll honestly depend on where we uh, start seeing a lot of, um, like, rape radio play and stuff like that because if we see like you know certain areas are playing us more or whatever we'll try and you know go to where like our fans are basically like we want to be able to play for people who you know want to see us play right absolutely well you'll have to keep me updated if you're going to be uh coming down towards the, the philly area oh for sure yeah we'll go get some cheese steak. that'd be awesome <laughs> 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 so um I saw it too, like this year alone, I guess it was on Reverb Nation, you guys have had like over 180,000 streams. Oh, that's on number one music. Number one music? That's freaking yeah, a lot. Over 180,000 just this year. That is a okay. lot, yeah. It's, it's a ridiculous amount, really. It is. It's one of those numbers that you almost like, like I, like I was saying before, like joking around, like I almost don't believe it until I see it and I'm like, wow, that's a... So a lot of people just listening to our yeah, listening to it. It's like I said, it's it's really mindful. It's really humbling too. Like it's really amazing to see. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably figure like think to yourself like you know I I wrote this like in the basement or something, and now like it's and listen to you literally yeah, you literally wrote this <laughs> in Patrick's basement kind of thing yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So um now. Is there, uh, like, I was seeing the song Never Too Late is, I guess, the official single, but it seems like you got, like, three songs off the EP that are really getting, like, all types of play all over the place. Yeah, well, we I think we, we decided that we wanted to do Never Too Late as the, like, official sing, a single, but then um, I know, what is the other one? I had it all. And, I had it all getting a lot. And that was uh, from before. Uh, that's just what people have been listening, but we've decided to go with Never Too Late. And uh, it's doing very well for us right now in the States. So. I'm assuming the probably the third ones could there be. Uh, yeah, it does very well. Yeah, as I was say, that's does. kind of one of our more like acoustic-y, yeah. softer like songs. And um, people really, really get drawn to that one, especially because the one thing we wanted to do with the EP was uh, like, because we, we had like a, a bunch of songs recorded and we wanted to kind of showcase everything that our band does. So we picked some of the heavier ones. Like we kind of picked a little bit of the heaviest, a bit of the lightest, and a bit right in the middle like to – to kind of showcase everything so when people buy the EP, they can really get a taste of what they're getting from the band because we kind of do, like, have a, a pretty decent range as far as like, what our style is. Yeah, it, I mean, you really did, like, cover all boards of the spectrum. I was, when I was listening to it earlier, I was kind of saying the same thing to myself. And there was one song, like, the title stood out to me, and I was actually listening to it over and over, like, Suicidal Journey. Like, what, what's the whole thing behind that? <clears throat> that title actually means nothing <laughs> really the song has nothing to do with the title i had that i had that one line in my head for the longest time and that the main riff i was playing on the bass for quite a while and i had no song and then i started writing the rest of the song and i just never ever replaced that opening line i just kept it as could take you on a suicidal journey and then we called the song that but that song and the title have nothing to do with the rest of the lyrics at all <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing. It just stands out, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's always funny. Yeah, the music, the writing process is always funny. But yeah, like you, you, you do say that. Like it's the one line that you, it does. It's the, the opening line to the song, and I think yeah. that like. Well, I, one time it was yeah. the only line I had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were just writing over that line. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Long developed, and it 
took a whole different uh, whole different turn, whole different turn, and I just never replaced. But that's that line. that's probably one of our most like kind of like out there like punchy kind of like rock songs, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, it's one of our most driving songs for sure. So like yeah, it definitely has that kind of oomph that you like you want from a hard rock song. So I've always I always love performing that song. That song's so much fun. Nice. Very cool. Now, uh, is there going to be you guys doing like a video for Never Too Late at all? Or That is the plan. Yes, we were talking just the other day about that. It should hopefully be not too far in the future. There should be a video up. Yeah, we are looking into, because that, that was the, one of the next big steps, because one of the first things we wanted to do was kind of get ourselves out there. Um, that's when we signed up with um, Star, One Star One Records and stuff like that, and they've been a great help in getting our getting our music out there and everything. And, yeah, we're hoping the next step is to put out a uh, music video for Never Too Late, because um, that was the one that we were going to, you know, put out there as the as the, the official single. So it is it is definitely it's definitely something we want and we want it very soon because uh and I mean just with the way like music is nowadays, like you kinda have to have like a video attached to it and stuff like that. Like you don't it like not everything, but you definitely want that single to have a video attached because like YouTube is a huge place where people go to find music, right? Yeah, you know, it, it it's it's scary. Like I first of all I, I praise when I see like uh, you know, in, indie bands and all doing videos and stuff like that. I, I praise them. I mean, and I've talked to some bands that have been around the block for many years and, you know, sold millions of records and they're still out there today. And, you know, you bring up video to them and they're just like, and eh, I really don't think it's worth it. And I, and I, I'm like biting my tongue. I want to say, are you freaking stupid? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the whole world of YouTube, I think it's more important than MTV. Yeah. We said we have a we're gonna have a Vivo page, right? Yes, that's that. right. Yeah, that was the one thing. Like with Star with Star One, like we are gonna like like once once we do the video, like we will have like a I think a Vivo page, which is another big thing because like I know whenever you look at music, Vivo is the one that pops up, like because they 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 have all the the different channels like kind of linked to them. But like I know for sure that we like through our like thing with uh, Star One, we're gonna have ourselves a Vivo page once we get the video up. So that's something that's probably gonna really help promote promote the song and then hopefully the whole band obviously after that nice so what's uh what's the plan now for the last few weeks of the year just uh continue promoting the album the ep mostly yeah and we've been doing a lot of um doing a lot of interviews we have some uh television performances coming up as well um mostly just like i said trying to get us as much out there we're going to be doing a couple live performances like right first thing in the new year um and uh there are live performances on television i mean and interviews and stuff like that those are more like uh in toronto on channels that like like one's a morning show one's like a, a late show some sort of night show so like we're trying to get ourselves as much press uh, like presence as possible um cool. to to get ourselves out there cool very cool well i hope uh you continue to dominate the charts and people continue to uh Love the music. It's freaking awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to play you. two songs. So I, I, I guess I'll play, you know, the official single, Never Too Late. What, what other songs should I play? I'll let you guys pick. I think if you're going to play Never Too Late, uh, I'd say probably Could There Be. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say Could There Be because, like, I want people to be able to hear the 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 softer side, too. That's what we'll do. And where can everybody find you guys and uh, follow and like and love and, you know, all that fun social media stuff? Um, uh, Facebook, uh, 
um, Reverb Nation. Uh, we have a lot of uh, all of our music's up on Reverb Nation. You can listen to it for free if you want to buy it. Um, we are on iTunes. You can buy the EP right there on iTunes. Um, and like I said, yeah, we we have our Facebook page up. Uh, that's probably uh, the yeah, Star Wars Entertainment page. We're on there. You can buy the EP right through Starwood Entertainment as well. Cool. Very cool. We're on all the, all the typical social media sites. Nice. Just look for Darker Still. Yeah. That's right. Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, calling in and hanging out for a little bit. And I'm loving the music. And again, like much continued success. And uh, if you guys are getting down to the Philadelphia area, let's hook up. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a good one. (laughs) See ya. See ya. See ya.
Alright, welcome back. Television Radio, and there you go. Darker Still with their latest single and first single off their EP, Never Too Late. Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in tonight. I want to thank all of our friends from the, the Great White North for being guests tonight. Uh, Moscow, New York, Lester uh, Gutierrez, uh, Ed Roman, and Tony and Patrick from Darker Still. Make sure you check out all these uh, bands, artists, and... Uh, you know, support them. They need your support because without uh, people like you supporting them, people like them can't happen. So it's a two-way street. Let's keep them going, and they'll keep you going. So on that note, thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for being Totally Driven. Make sure you check out our website, totallydrivenradio.com. Uh, look for us all over the world with social media, Totally Driven Radio and Totally Driven Entertainment. And look for myself, Bay Ragney. Uh, it's B A Y R A G N I on uh, Twitter, Facebook, etc., etc. We return live next Thursday night, and uh, we have lined up as guests. Let me pull it up real quick. I know one of our guests is going to be a uh, former ECW superstar, Mr. Joel Gertner, and our other guest is going to be from the band Hellevate. Uh, it's going to be either Josh or Dan from the band Elevate. So tune in next Thursday night, and, uh, yeah, get driven. Until next time, stay driven, people. <laughs>